Welcome to the Unity Works Podcast, where we'll share positive insight on today's topical and sometimes controversial topics. The discussion is shaped through the lens of unity and acceptance while focusing on our community, families, and the workplace. Life works better when we come together. Here's your host, Daryl Ross. Hello and welcome to the Unity Works Podcast. Just thrilled that you're here. I'm your host, Daryl Ross. Today, we're talking about unity in the vote. Yes, the 2020 election is upon us. I know many of us just can't wait for all those commercials to go away and all the back and forth, but this is such an important moment. But first, just a reminder, please hit subscribe and like our Facebook page, Unity Works. It truly does help us out. All right, let's dig in. You know, voting is so important. So just in case you haven't voted or, you know, you're on the fence about voting, maybe you don't plan to, just please continue to listen. I hope to give you some food for thought to why you should definitely go to the polls. Now, some of you right now are probably thinking, Daryl, who on earth doesn't know the importance of voting? Well, hang on. I'll give you some data to how you can prove to you that a lot of folks do not vote. Now, personally, most of my friends and family have already voted, including me. My wife and I voted last week here in Florida. And get this, I posted a picture of my wife and I after we voted, holding our voted stickers, you know, on Facebook. I was holding the sticker. My wife was as well. And here are my exact words I put on Facebook. I'll read it to you. I wrote this. Did our duty. Jen reminded me that many of us will wait two hours to ride a roller coaster at a theme park so we can wait to vote. I don't care who you vote for. Just vote. You can do it. All right. So a lot of nice comments, a lot of folks uh, reaching out, but there are two things that stuck true. First of all, isn't that kind of true about the theme park ride? We will wait in line to ride a roller coaster in a minute. I mean, I've done it my entire life. Now, granted, I live near Disney, so we kind of know the whole fast pass thing. We've kind of learned. But prior to the Disney days, I didn't get a fast pass. I would wait in line. I did it many times. Matter of fact, my lovely niece came down to visit us. Uh, Jen's brother's daughter came down last December and we took her to Disney. That was her first trip and we had a blast. And of course, we did get fast passes, but I'll never forget taking her on Space Mountain. My whole family all went and we had fast passes. So our wait, even with fast passes, was like 30 minutes. All right. But the line next to us was the line with no fast pass well over two hours. Unbelievable. So I know for a fact we will wait in line to ride a ride. So I've given my wife some dabby, all right? You're getting some dabby, babe. That's a big joke in my family. But getting some dabby, dabby means you're getting credit, all right? My wife says that I ask for dabby all the time. Well, you know what I'm saying? I kind of want some credit for some stuff. Brother does run the house, you know, with some dabby. So I'm giving my wife some dabby because that's a great parallel, a great analogy of waiting and something that we want to do. You got no problem, right? But... I think it's important to vote. So yes, babe, you get Dabby. But the second part of what I said got some comments as well. I remember I said that I don't care who you vote for. That line. Yeah, so people wrote me in my instant message on Facebook. I got text messages 
all upset. What do you mean? You don't care who you vote for. It matters. I mean, they went off and I was like, no, you're missing the point. It is so important that we are voting in the first place. No lie. I've had some pretty good friends over the years that haven't voted, right? Just this past election, 2016, they were talking to me and they didn't vote. And my head wanted to explode. And they explained to me the reasons that they didn't vote. And it all came down to this, that they felt that both candidates were both bad. So forget it. So back in that time, they're referring to Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump, that they didn't like either one of them. So they didn't vote. But I'm telling you that you absolutely can't do that. You can't just walk away from our civic duty because of both candidates not lining up to what you feel. Don't get caught up in not voting, you know, in both candidates. You always find areas that you don't agree with. So if you're really stuck and you just can't think of anything that you like, then you know what I'm going to say? Take you out of the equation. Yeah. Don't make it about you. Make your vote about something else, someone else. Maybe you're going to vote strictly on one topic. Many people do that, by the way. Many people vote on the issue of Roe versus Wade. Some vote strictly on the environment. Some vote strictly on the economy. Many of us, I'm included, vote on many different reasons and topics, right? But for you, if you're that stuck and you just can't vote for either candidate because they're both so bad, then you find the one. What's the one thing that will impact your family the most? Forget you, because you already said you can't find anything, right? So think of your children. Think, is it the environment? Is it the economy later in life? They want to have a, a robust economy. Maybe it's healthcare. Maybe, who knows? But you find something. Do not let that, I don't like both candidates, be your calling card not to vote, all right? We are better than that. Now, this is for you data geeks out there like me. I think you'll like this. That's anyone out there listening that you're kind of wondering, well, who are these groups of people that aren't voting, I think you have an idea of this as well. But just so you know, how they tabulate this is called the VAP, meaning voting age population. So it's not by your entire population. You have an age to which you are eligible to vote. So they actually tabulate that, your VAP, with really most countries use this as well as America. So uh, I'll give you a couple of ranges here. 40 to 60%, 60 to 80%, 80 to 100%. The countries Turkey, Sweden, and Australia, where they line up, what do you think it is? Was it 80 to 100% of voter turnout? 60 to 80%. What do you think? 40 to 60%. What's your guess? I know I can't hear you, but you're guessing in your head, right? Well, hopefully you guessed in the 80 percentile. Yep. They had as high as 80 9%. That is a turnout. How about in the 2019 election, the country up north, you know, our brothers and sisters up in Canada, you know, I told you before, my wife's Canadian, although she has her U.S. citizenship now, she's Canadian at heart for sure. So what was their turnout? 62%. How about that southern brother we have down there, Mexico. We like to tease a lot about building this wall. They have a 66% turnout, the last election. 
Why do I mention this? Because in the U.S., for the 2016 election, we had 250 million people in the VAP, the voting age population. Of those, slightly more than half ended up casting a ballot. Now, obviously, voter turnout impacted and fluctuates from national elections to more local. But in general, we've been hovering in the low 60%, okay? So that's lower than all the countries I mentioned prior. Mexico, Canada, Turkey, Sweden, Australia. There are stories where South Africa, when Nelson Mandela ran for president, 90 plus percent turnout. Now, obviously that was a monumental election with Mandela, but it just shows the point of the power of people waiting and mammoth lines, walking for miles to get to a voting area, how important it is for people of other countries to vote. Looking at how can Americans see that and understand the power of your vote. Now, oftentimes I say that we are prisoners of the moment because yes, in recent years, we've been hovering in the low 60%, but you know what? Overall, I want to go back to 50 years of eligible voter turnout rates, okay? Not just the past few. Let's go 50 years worth. You know where America is? You want to take a guess? We average around 55.5% turnout. What? As my dad would say, that's trifling, all right? For folks that don't have a dad or mom that says that word, trifling, that just means pathetic, 55.5%. Think about this. Now, most organizations, it could be corporate, military, even education, definitely healthcare, will do surveys for their customers, patients, sometimes for their employees, for employee engagement. Well, if you were to get back a survey and only 55% filled out the survey, that's not really a positive turnout for what you're trying to do. Just recently, I had a training where we got a survey result back from the client. And I was very happy that one, we got positive feedback, but I was absolutely thrilled that the survey participation was over 95%. That's fantastic. So when I tell you that we average 55.5%, we have a long way to go. So let me give you a couple of numbers here for you data geeks. If you're like me, let's take a look at over the last 50 years, how we've ranked. All right. So I know you're thinking, yeah, but Daryl, didn't Barack Obama kind of push it up? Yeah, look, he did really well. In 2008, Barack Obama versus John McCain, we had 61.6 voter turnout, all right? And I think we're happy about that because it had been so low prior. But I know you're thinking, yeah, but doesn't it keep going up? No, because in 2012, Barack Obama versus Mitt Romney, it went down 58.6%. So just so you know, I'm going to put the entire list in the description so you can take a look at this. It's really just interesting to see how we've done. Now, over the past few, yes, 60, but on the average, and you got to look at, you know, more than just two or three years to get your average. By the way, if you're wondering who the lowest turnout was, I mean, you got to look, there's Jimmy Carter on here, Ron Reagan, Nixon. Uh, George W. Bush, George Herbert Walker Bush, they're all on here, but the lowest, 1996, Bill Clinton versus Bob Dole, 51.7%. Wow. So here are three facts to get you, yes, you, 
and any of your friends that haven't voted to the polls, all right? First, the generations that are most represented will be millennials and Gen Z as far as the largest eligible as a voting block in 2020, but yet often they're outvoted by older demographic groups. So here are three facts, three reasons that we need to consider for folks that are not voting, all right? Number one, folks that don't vote say things like this, my vote doesn't matter. A single vote can't make or break an election. And I can tell you, you are 100% wrong. So get this, over the past two decades, more than a dozen races were decided by a single vote or ended in a tie. Now, that study came out talking more about local races within your city, county, or state government. But if enough people were to vote, obviously your preferred candidate has a much better increased chance to win. An election can help policies get passed that reflect your values and your community's needs. So don't go into this thinking that your vote doesn't matter. The obvious correlation would be, well, if everyone said that, you've heard your parents say that before, right? Well, if everyone had that attitude, right? Well, it's true, right? If a million people all decided, well, my vote doesn't matter, then it wasn't just one person didn't vote. A million people didn't vote. So it compounds itself. So on the one side, we don't want millions of people thinking the same thing because in that regard, it absolutely matters. But also as a singular vote, we've just proven that yes, one vote can make the difference. So don't go into this thinking, your vote doesn't matter. It absolutely does. Number two, a reason why people are not voting, it's too difficult to take time off from work. Now I thought, that can't be true. Is that really true? A study came out. So in the 2014 midterm elections, 35% of people reported they didn't vote because of a scheduling conflict with work. So more and more we have to realize that we have to get around that. And companies now are putting in policies to where they're required to provide paid time off to vote. And in August, several high-profile companies announced they'll offer more flexibility on the actual election day itself. So look into your organization. Many companies are actually a proponent of voting. So if that is you, you feel like it might be more difficult for you to vote, speak to your manager, speak to your director in advance. Let them know, you know, it's really important for me to vote. What can we do to get me to the polls? That guy from Unity Works is going to jump down my throat. Yes, I will. Get to the polls. This can't be the reason why that you can't get off from work. This cannot be the reason. All right. Number three, you know, this is really meant more for Generation Z. So if you're 18 years old, understand that when you register to vote, it's a big step into adulthood. You know, voting is truly a rite of passage. And many states look into this, actually allow registration before you're 18. In some states, you can pre-register to vote as young as 16 to ensure that when you turn 18, you are registered. Some states allow 17-year-olds to participate in primary elections. I tell you this because, parents, I did two episodes recently on teenagers, right? Part one was just strictly connecting with our teens. Part two was more on making great decisions. Well, part of that is being the example. And guess who the example is? It's you. So if they see you vote, they see you 
talking about voting, see you bringing them to get registered. All of that will ensure that, you know what, when they turn 18, they're much more likely to vote. If we're leaning on, you know, their friends and TikTok to do it, they probably won't, but you're the role model in their life. So get your your kids involved in the process. So whether you are from Gen Z and you're 18, 19 years old, or the greatest generation, my father's age, your voice absolutely matters. Without voting, you can't directly express what policies and issues you're passionate about. That's why I'm so passionate about just voting. I am extremely optimistic because this voting cycle, we're going to the polls early. As of right now, we're breaking all kinds of records for early voting, which is absolutely fantastic. Keep it up. And I hope to see even more on the 3rd of November. But bottom line is we have to have our voices heard. Now, I told you I gave my wife some dabby earlier for making the the roller coaster analogy, you know, waiting in line for two hours. Well, I'm about to give myself some dabby. Here we go. My wife's going to love this because I got my family Disney Plus. Yes, I did. Many of you have it too. And you're thinking, what's the big deal, Daryl? Well, in my family, it was a big deal because my wife was like, we don't need another streaming service. And yes, she talks like that when she's mad. We don't need another streaming service. I was like, I think we'll watch Disney Plus. A lot of great movies. There's some fantastic content on there. And something came out that even she had to admit is fantastic. And it's Hamilton. If you haven't seen it, it's tremendous. Do yourself a favor. Sit down and watch. You may have heard, oh, it's a whole musical on rapping? No, it's not. It's American history, all right? Trust me. So I'm giving myself some dabby because I got the family Disney+. Plus. My point is, there's a great line in the musical Hamilton. And this is when, actually, the character Alexander Hamilton is speaking to Aaron Burr. He's arguing with Aaron Burr about writing the anonymous letters, which turned out to be the Federalist Papers, all right? Well, Aaron Burr didn't think... People would read it. It didn't matter. And Hamilton said this to Burr. Burr, we studied and we fought and we killed for the notion of a nation we now get to build. Come on. I'll say it again. So Hamilton speaking to Burr. Don't get me wrong. Now, Burr is very bright. Doesn't think we need these essays. We don't need the Federalist Papers. And Hamilton breaks it down in this line. He goes, Burr. We studied and we fought and we killed for the notion of a nation we now get to build. Oh, I love that line. By the way, if you look up uh, theaterartlife.com, they analyze many musicals and they quote this one as one of their favorite because of the parallel of the word notion and a nation in the same line. It's just brilliant. And that's what I think voting is. So for any of you out there that are thinking about not voting, thinking about sitting this one out, thinking that, well, both sides are bad. Biden's bad. Trump's bad. I'm not going to vote. I'll give you this line again. Burr, we studied and we fought and we killed for the notion of a nation we now get to build. That's you. That's your vote. And your vote matters. Hey, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Be sure to share with a friend. And remember, you got to get out and vote. Life works better when we come together. Talk to you next week.